Hi there, and welcome to the Future of Influence podcast. Here we discuss the power of influence, leadership, overcoming challenges, and more. They call me King Raj Singh, creator of the Future of Influence podcast. Stay on after the show, and we'll share how you can be the next guest on one of the fastest growing podcasts in our industry. With that, here we go. Welcome to the Future of Influence podcast. I'm your host, Sandy Fowler, and today I am chatting with Andrew Deutsch. Andrew is CEO at Fangled Tech and can be found online at fangledtech.com. Andrew, welcome to the podcast. Thanks so much for having me on, Sandy. I appreciate it. Yeah, I'm looking forward to our conversation. I think we should start, though, with understanding a little bit more about what you do. Tell us about Fangled Tech and how you help your clients. Certainly. We're, we're what we call a strategy-first global marketing and sales consultancy. How's that for a mouthful? Uh, really, what we do is we, we help customers domestically and also in, in the global space because we're in about 120 different countries with affiliations but we help companies go right back to the core to truly understand who their customer is, needs, desires, and pains that they want solved, and then how you as a company can differentiate in a way to stand out and be unique and alone in a market with all of the alternative solutions for those problems. Okay, that, Andrew, that's we a hear this all the time in business. Yep. You have to know who your customer is, who's your customer avatar. Yeah, and how so do few you... do. So well, few do. So I'm curious, you know, how does Fangled Tech help us do that better than we can do it on our own? Because, because we, first of all, the, the years of experience of doing it successfully and with, with the accomplishments that we have to share sort of prove concept. But at the core, so, so, many, so many folks are out there not recognizing that they are not their market. And the most common engagement that we have, we'll, we'll talk to a company and they'll tell us, these are the five reasons people do business with us. And then we do the qualitative interviews with the market. We talk to their top customers, people who left, people from other, other pieces in the market and discover that the very things that they're so proud of have almost no meaning to, to the market space. And the, the things that they're so proud of, although they should be proud, aren't what matter to the customer. And I can give you example after example. Uh, we, we dealt with a steel drum manufacturer. They were so proud of their U.S. steel and domestic manufacturer and that they could do ODOT testing in-house and all of these things. They were ISO certified. But when we talked to the customer who was proud to be a customer of theirs, why do you do business with these guys? What, what is it about them that excites you? Number one, they answer the phone. <laughs> Number two, when, when I as a buyer get in a bind because the orders change and I need something at the last minute. No other manufacturer in that space can meet my need faster and more correctly than they can. And third was when they make a mistake, they're, they're immediately on it and they fix it. Competitors take months. So the real thing that their customer in the industrial, dirty industrial manufacturing space really valued in a supplier was, okay, you have to meet all those regular standards that everybody does, but you have to be there for me and make me successful. It was a personal touch and service story. And when we started marketing and creating that message to folks that weren't doing business with them, and they heard that they could get that personal touch, the business almost doubled in three years. So you're really not telling a business you need to do something different necessarily. You're helping them uncover what they're already doing that Sometimes. they didn't know was it's a both. standout. It's both. We also... 
when we talk to companies that are stuck and they're not being successful and we gather that data, it might be that they they said, you know, we've been, we're, we're looking for a company who can do X. For example, someone who could tie into our scheduling system so that we never run out. We're looking for suppliers that manage their inventory within our factory. There's There's lots of things that you can find out that no one in the market is doing that if you jump on it first, you can grow. So in this particular, the scenario I just gave you was, these are things that you're doing that you're not aware of the effect. The other side of it is there may be something, you know, if somebody came out with a product just like yours, but could do this through that research, then that becomes how you differentiate. So there, there's a lot of different scenarios. There's no, the problem with the, the, the marketing space is as soon as you start to believe that exactly what you did for client A is going to work for client B, you're going to fail. You, you have to take a step back to the beginning and really evaluate and understand it from, from there. So as you work with different companies, mm-hmm. while each company is different, I imagine you have some, some trends, some strategies sure. that tend to work across companies. When you're helping someone try to grow and build their influence, what are a couple of your top strategies for assisting them? The number one, and this is one that's consistent across the board, and it's part of who we are as a company. Our goal is to help every client convert every touch they make in the market to a voracious advocate for their brand. And that sounds like big highfalutin talk. But at the end, the client has to recognize if there's a guy cutting the grass in the parking lot to the people packing the boxes to the people who make it, everyone in that organization from their suppliers and vendors, all are part of the brand story. And they're all part of that customer service, customer contact. Your brand's only as good as the, the most disgruntled employee who has contact with the market that day. So, so we, we look at that first. Every single employee, based on the language of your show, is an influencer for your company. And, and we look to train them also as they're, as they're marketing and going through sales funnel and otherwise. Even the no's, the people who do not do business with you, can become voracious advocates for your brand. I mean, you think of some of the luxury models that are out there. Uh, how many people out there are voracious advocates for Lamborghini who could never own one? So in the, in the industrial space, it's the same. If you treat everyone with the mindset that this guy is going to become an advocate for my company, it's going to make a difference in everything that you do with, with that person, whether they do or don't do business with you. So as you were growing your own business and growing your influence along with that, what what was the top strategy you used for yourselves? Exactly what we, we, we practice, what we preach. So it, it, it could happen to us on a regular basis. Someone will get in touch with us. An area that we don't do marketing services for are the highly regulated marketing, like lawyers, doctors, those types of things. So we have vetted quality marketing firms in those areas that we trust and know. So if somebody came to us with a project like that, we would handhold that person until they're connected and feel pr- proper with the referral. And they'll say, wow, these guys could have taken my money, but they didn't. They gave me and connected me with really high quality people. And we don't, we're not, we don't get a commission. We don't get anything for it, but we do create a brand advocate. And there's many, many other scenarios in the same, that same mindset. But that, that starting from, from that post that anyone we touch should be telling people how absolutely fantastic the Fangled brand is. Uh, gets us into places in the future with referrals and otherwise. Um, obviously, we do it because it's the right thing to do too, but it's part of our brand advocacy program. 
Well, that almost falls into a similar space as your initial story. The industrial drum company was just doing what they felt was right in taking care of their customers and turned out that that was their company's strength. Absolutely. You said the same thing. We're just doing what we feel is right. However, we recognize that mm-hmm. this is part of our our branding and our strength and that this mm-hmm. impacts our brand. And that's something yep. you want all companies to understand that all these yep. touch points impact their brand. Yeah, we were, we were talking with a potential client not long ago about this brand advocacy thing and they they thought it was ridiculous whatever and they were one of the issues they're having is recruiting. Well, because they never thought about every employee being a brand advocate, being an influencer for the company, uh, they hadn't been paying attention to Glassdoor where employees just were destroying the brand on a daily basis. Bad-mouthing the, the, the company, bad-mouthing HR, bad-mouthing all of these kinds of things. So it comes time for recruitment and people look at that and they go, well, I'm not going to work there. And there's lots of people in the buyers who will look at that to see, are we going to do business with this company? Because we want to see if they're a long lasting supplier. I don't want to change suppliers every month. And they see this horrible write-up of past employees and they go, well, I don't know if that's really a good fit. So the, the, the strategy has long, long tail, long legs, depending on whose metaphor you want to use. So as you were building <laughs> and growing, what were the top challenges you faced? or maybe the most interesting challenge you overcame? Well, for us, the, the, the biggest challenge was, was the, global, the global market because most of my career prior to making Fangled the full-time, instead of just my, my, my side consulting work, you know, I've worked in about 120 different countries. So part, part of the, the challenge of being in the consulting space is proving that you actually can do what you say you can do in gathering all of the accomplishments in a form that, that when you share them with people and they verify that they see that, that the, the proof is there, you know, the emperor does have clothes um, was sort of, sort of the model. So one of the challenges was, you know, as you start telling the story is, is being able to, to, to not only just prove it, but also show how that story will truly bring benefit to that, to that client. If you do business with us, it's not, these are the things we're going to do for you. Here's examples of the accomplishments that we've done in the past that we think we can have you also accomplish in your company. It, so you overcame that challenge. You had to find strategies yeah. for doing that. How does that impact your work with clients? How are, do you run into clients who have the same problem or have you pulled lessons from that that you're able to apply to your clients? A good percentage of new business that we have, if we take out our just direct referrals from successful clients, Probably the biggest pool are people that have been burnt by marketing agencies that had lots of promises and very little delivery or had actually burnt them with the way that they do business. Um, so when, you, when you've got someone coming in who is just burnt by the last, there's, there's sort of an extra level of trust that has to be built before they're going to trust you. I've seen, you know, they, they were pitched. We make the most beautiful websites in the world. We can drive 100,000 people to your website. We can do all these amazing things for you but they never looked at the strategy behind it. And no matter how much money they spent and how much they were built out of project management fees that may or may not have been legit, they never, they never accomplished anything with it. So now they're gonna to go to another resource that's also gonna charge them for services. How do we know? So that's, that's where you know, the, the doors are open for our new clients to talk to our previous clients and understand what we did and, and what we accomplished. Okay, so you were able to build on that foundation. Absolutely. 
that you had to build to grow the company to to stable to initially create the company now yeah. helps you grow. Yeah, I mean, in the early days of my career, I was a guy who said, "I think I can do that." Trust me. To a guy who accomplished those things and said, "See, here's some accomplishments." And as they've they've grown, and I'll even share ones that that were not successful and why that was, um, which is also a major part of that that transparency that you have to have with clients so that they can trust you. Um, you know, companies live and die on their marketing. And if they don't, if they don't do it properly, uh, it can really either hold them back or end them. Certainly. Yes, absolutely. So as you've grown, you've established influence with, you know, from your own company, and then also it has grown through your clients. How do you use that influence? It, it depends again, situational, but, um, the, we, we reach and, and, as we talk about influence in terms of how we bring that in for our clients, um, depending on the market space that they're in, I'm not a big proponent of the, the sort of macro influencer market that's out there that somehow if you get these celebrities involved with what you're doing, it's going to matter. We, <clears throat> we tend to look for folks that, that aren't necessarily um, in, in that realm. We look for people that actually matter to that industry that we're in. So it's, you know, to, to have, and I've seen it where a company will go to a trade show and they're selling an industrial manufacturing machinery and they get some famous golfer to be the influencer to talk about the quality of the company and endorse it. To me, those, those kind of influence things, it gets people into your booth. They want to at a trade show, gets their photos taken. It doesn't lead to business. But if instead you bring someone in who has been a, a leader in a, in a specific manufacturing area, somebody who, who has used the equipment and can, can vouch and verify as to what those machines meant in terms of growth, profit, parts per minute, whatever, whatever the, the, the stats are, um, is far more influential to that industrial space than some guy who happened to be famous for something not connected. So you're utilizing and leveraging other people's influence in relevant markets. Absolutely. Grow your business. What about the influence your company has? You, you yourself, your Fangle Tech has yep. influence Absolutely. after all these years of successfully helping other companies and being willing to look at the unsuccessful times and learn from yep. those and share all of that. How do you use your company's influence? It, it comes back to how we portray ourselves in the market. We have our the Fangled Cast, which is my podcast uh, for the company, and the purpose of that is to influence but not as an ego. It's, we, we use it for two reasons. One, we want people to, to hear us having conversations with the kinds of experts that we find to talk about the topics that we bring forward, to get a feel for who we are and how, how we deal and, and converse with people, and to turn off the folks that would not want to work with us. Because I'm not interested in getting involved in a long contractual obligation with somebody who, who isn't aligned with the way that we work. So it actually eliminates a lot of people reaching out to us because they're looking for something that we don't do or we're not the people that they would want to deal with. So we, we use our influence both for the positive to bring in the kind of clients we want and to push off. And then we also use it to, to get past barriers that companies have to, to talking to consultants. Companies, especially since COVID hit, every guy who got unemployed decided to be a consultant. So... <laughs> So you're, you're now competing with really solid consulting firms that have been around for a while. You're dealing with good and bad marketing agencies that sort of do something different than we do. Uh, many times since COVID happened, 
CEOs and people of influence who are looking have heard topics that we've talked about and are influenced by those actual podcasts to then reach out to us and say, hey, you you did this great interview with this fella about this past lead nurturing program that you created for an industrial manufacturer. Um, how how would that relate to me? Can we have can we have some time to talk? So th- those are some of the things that we do. A lot of a lot of our outbound content is really to attract clients that we wouldn't have even known existed if they didn't find us that way. And what are your plans for growing that as you move forward? We're, we're going to continue with with the exactly what we're doing with the podcast work. We continue to to constantly get involved in different types of of top level networking events that that have the right people that that fit our strategy for who we want to do business with um, and and we continue also to uh, to do the outreach that we do where, where we see opportunities in the market there's a couple of people in my freelance team that do nothing but research what's happening in the market and give us ideas for trends and changes in companies where the door might be open for what we do so expanding into other areas at the same time as you continue to support current clients and grow your <laughs> already yeah. stable base. Yeah. I mean, our, our, our MO at the moment, the majority of our clients fall within what we call our fractional chief marketing officer program. So what that means, it, it goes back to the, the very core pitch. Most companies would love to have a C-level experienced marketing executive on the team. Most companies also don't need a guy like that five days a week. And they also don't want to pay what the guy like that costs. So we're able to become part of the team actually responsible for the growth of that of that company on a part-time basis and that gives them access to our pool of of all the freelance vetted freelance guys that we build teams around so it's a different model uh and and it i would say in the last two or three years it's really taken off as fully accepted by almost everyone that we deal with five years ago it was what are you guys talking about fractional that it doesn't mean anything but uh so, so many companies end up falling into the trap of, well, we can only afford maybe a $50,000 or $60,000 employee. So let's hire the marketing guy from another company. Let's hire a fresh grad. And what they end up with is a, is a very intelligent, well-educated, tactical person who, who can do certain things, but have never actually been at the core of a business developing the total strategy. And we provide that. You have some really interesting things going on, Andrew, and the podcast sounds like a place where you talk about a lot of these. So could you share the podcast where people can find that and where they can find you online? Absolutely. The podcast, the the video version of it, which is the fun one to watch because we do a lot of editing and, and post-production with it, is The Fangled Cast, all one word, on YouTube. You can also find us on Switcher or Stitcher. Uh, I don't think we're on MySpace, but that's okay. Uh, but it, it's on all of the, the the audio podcast places, but the best place to watch it's on YouTube uh, as the Fangled Cast, and then you can find me on LinkedIn under my name, and our company is Fangled Tech T E C H dot com. Well, thank you so much, Andrew, for taking time out of your schedule to Absolutely. join us today and to share some of your ideas around influence and how that is working through Fangled Tech. Thanks so much for having me on. I really enjoyed it. Thanks for listening to the Future of Influence podcast. If you're interested in sharing your story by being a guest on our show, please visit https colon slash 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 podcast slash apply 
to apply. And if you liked what you heard, please also visit and follow us on all social media. Please subscribe to our show on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to your podcasts. Once again, they call me King Raj Singh, and thanks again for listening to the Future of Influence podcast. Tune in next time. Thank you.